Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this, turn up the volume, and let's go. This is a sacred Sunday. God's doing things in this room this morning that are significant for eternity. And so this is a sacred Sunday, and I believe God's goodness is here. And today is the day that we receive our legacy offering to begin the journey of our East Campus. God has given us favor. We've made big progress this week. Some of the things we've been going back and forth with got settled this week. Thank you for your prayers. Give God some praise for that. And I'm so glad you're here. And at the end of this service today, our church is going to give unto the Lord as a sacrifice, the largest offering our church has ever received for the purpose of expanding the kingdom of God in this city. Can we give God praise for that? Come on, let's give him a bigger praise for his goodness. Renee and I prepared our offering this morning and we just said, we're all in. We're all in. We're doing all that we can. All that we have is the Lord's. And so I would ask you to sacrifice and to hear the word of the Lord this morning. Northside, I love you. Glad you're linked up with us today. Let's get into the word of God. Are you ready? Who loves Steak and Shake? Anyone? Steak and Shake is a thing. I mean, Springfield has some of the most iconic Steak and Shakes in the greater United States of America. We still have, by the grace and glory of God, car hop drive-up service. Come on, somebody. Why would we even want to go to heaven? Springfield's so good. So good. So I took my father, who's 72 years old, to Steak and Shake because he loves it, and he tried to order the crock of beans, the bean crock. Anybody remember the bean crock at Steak and Shake? Come on. It's a little brown oaken. Yes, thank you. It's a little brown, little brown earthenware thing situation. He said, I'd like your beans. And they said, we discontinued the beans. My father was outraged. Most people don't get upset about beans, honestly, because beans aren't a dish that you would eat as a meal. It's, 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 a, it's a side item at best, an accoutrement at worst. It's not, it's not a great thing. I mean, when you think of beans, you think of bean dip and bean salad and pinto beans and cornbread and beans and bean burritos and hummus. Where are my hippies at in the house? No hippies here today for some reason. You got refried beans, kidney beans, bean casserole, and we all know about beans. They are the musical fruit. Come on, somebody, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. And so, beans. Beans aren't worth much. They're the poverty food that you would eat when there's an issue and you can't have something else. I want to read you a story today that's really iconic for our church and for what we're doing and for how we're expanding and how we're believing and how we're on mission in this community. And it's from 2 Samuel 23, 11. It says, and next to him was Shema. Say Shema. Shema, the son of Agi, the Hararite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where there was a plot of ground full of lentils. Lentils are beans. Full of lentils. And the men fled from the Philistines. But Shema, he took his stand in the middle of the plot of beans and defended it and struck down the Philistines, and the Lord worked a great victory. 
Who wants to see the Lord work a great victory? I want to see the Lord work a great victory in our generation, for the church, for the city. And he fought for beans. And so my title today is Field of Beans or Field of Dreams. You need to decide. It's really not about the lentils, folks. This man has a heart that speaks to the legacy heart that we have. The church is responding already. This week, people have come into the church with silver bars, giving them and saying, y'all figure out how to cash this in. I want it to go for the kingdom of God. People have been coming in this week giving uh, jewelry with the price tags on it, saying this is what it's worth, go cash it in. People have been cashing in investment accounts and saying you can have it all for the glory of God. People have been emptying out accounts and thing. I don't know what they're getting. I don't know where it's coming from. Mattresses maybe. All this week in preparation for this offering, there is a heart of sacrifice. There is a sweeping change that's happening in our church that says we must reach for more. We are not campers. We are climbers. We will cross over. And so it's, it's easy to read a story like Shema here in the bean field and think, well, this guy was like Pastor Tyler's dad. He really loved his his beans. Maybe he, was, maybe he was planting a soup and he's like, I'm not going to give up on this soup. Or maybe he believed like a lot of Texans do that chili doesn't, uh, no, wait, no, Texans believe chili's only chili without beans, but Missourians like beans in their chili. Come on, God's people, let it be known. There's got to be beans in the chili. Is there a false doctrine spreading through this land? That be- okay. And so this Shema was willing to fight everybody for the lentils. And he believed that it was important. There's more than meets the beans to this story. The Bible says these lentils, these beans, were planted on a plot of land that belonged to him. It belonged to his family. It belonged to the people of that region. Listen, church, never forget, God has ordered that we build on the east side of this city because he gave it to us and what God orders, God pays for. What God orders, God pays for. And so God gave us land in this community. He's given us this this amazing blessing prominently on the south side of our city, a great blessing on the north side of our city prominently placed and he gave us a prominent place on the east side of our city because it's a part of him showing us, I'm speaking to the atmosphere, speaking to your hearts today, he's showing us through his covenant of land with this church that he has decided this church would have a sense of permanence in this city. If he didn't want us to be permanent, he wouldn't have given us permanence, but land reflects permanence. That's why when God made a covenant with Abraham, he gave him a promise of land. And the children of Israel were given a promise of land. And Israel today is fighting for the land because land is permanence. And so those beans in that field, in that land, were gonna produce a harvest. Some of the lentils would be used to eat and make bean soup, bean casserole, kidney bean pie, all those things. Some of those lentils would have been sold for money so he could provide for his family. And some of that harvest would have been saved and designated for the future, for more planting and future harvest. It's not just about the beans. You see, there was a territory that needed to be kept. 
There was a land that needed to be developed. There was a, 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 a land that needed to be inhabited. There was a harvest, a future harvest that needed to be received. There was a future that needed to be protected. It wasn't just about the means. It's about the future. It's not just about a building for us people. The building is not the goal. Say it with me. Souls are the goal. Souls are the goal. A building is a tool. Buildings are not the destination. Buildings are a tool to reach people with the message of Jesus. And so this Philistine troop was around and they were gonna push the people of God out of their territory, out of their harvest, and out of their future. Does that sound like the will of God to you? There's always something coming, whether it be doubt, unbelief, apathy, confusion, or comfort, there are the enemy that will always try to push us out of our territory, our harvest, and our future. I'm not okay with that. Are you? No, you're not. We're not okay with that because we're the courageous church. Because God is on our side. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy comes to push you out of the place God has given you. He's come to push you out of the place God has promised you. God does not want you to quit on your harvest, but the enemy does. He always is telling you it's a good time to quit. The enemy would love to push the people of God out of this community. He'd love for this church not to be prominent. He'd love for the message of Jesus not to be preached. He'd love for this nation to turn us back on God. The enemy would love for all that to happen. But we believe the church should be prominent. The church should be known. The church should be in the middle of everything in Springfield, and it should be so large that it can't be denied. Anybody say amen to that? And so we are here, I am here, to fight for the things of God. I'm here to stand in the field and, and point to God's preferred future, point to God's preferred righteousness, to give you and our children some unmovable truth that you can build a life on in the face of a society that's lost its ever-loving mind. There's more than a bean field at stake. It's our future. And everybody left except Shammah. And he said, I will stand and I will fight. He realized there's a difference between what's popular and what's important. There's a difference between what's popular and what's important. He didn't do what the crowd was doing. He said, this has eternal significance, this has family significance, this has legacy significance. I'm going to dig my heels in this field of beans and fight for it. God gave me a little field of beans in 2004, really 1999. It was this church, and he said, this is where I've called you. This is where I've planted you. And I cannot tell you that there has not been hundreds of times when it would have been easier to say, it's just a field of beans. They don't really want it. It's just not working. It's, it's too hard. The mountains are too high. The valleys are too low. The ocean is too big. The crossing is too dangerous. It would have been easy to say, not me, not now, not here. I'll go live a life that doesn't have all this tension. But there's something in the soul of a person who is called that says, this is the field of beans that God has for me, and I will stand and I will defend that. And the church cannot be the church if the people that make up the church are apathetic about ownership in God's house. Not that we are owners in the sense that it's mine, but that it matters desperately to me what happens in this place because what happens in this place is unlike any other place. And so 
He didn't do what the crowd was doing. He dug in his heels and he fought. And as crazy as it sounds, people, it's not popular for churches to dream big. It's not popular for churches to believe for growth. It's not popular for churches to believe for influence. It's not popular to believe God for abundance. Every time I preach the blessing side of God, people levy their accusations against me and leave. But God is a blessing God. And if that makes you mad, it's, you got a problem because he is a God of judgment, but he's also a God of blessing and you can have both. Amen. Amen. And so believing God for more gets attacked. And it's not popular to do what we're doing. It's not popular to build at this time. Rates are high. Economy is bad. Inflation is soaring. There's wars and rumors of wars. Israel has, has experienced the greatest trauma of, of my lifetime. Politics have lost their way. But the banks of the Jordan were flooded at the time when Joshua and the children of Israel chose to cross over. The banks may be flooded, but God says through his servant, it's time to cross. I want to, all of those of us who have that bunker mentality right now that see the world losing its way and think that it's time to just, we shouldn't do anything. We should be so careful. Let me tell you what the last days look like. This is from Luke 17, 26. I want you to read it with me on the screen. This is what the last days are going to look like. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. That means the coming of the Lord. They'll be eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planning, building. On the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So this tells us that judgment is coming on the earth. And we believe that and we know it. But here's what it also tells us, that our activity should look like eating, drinking, marrying, being given in marriage, honoring God and all those things, of course. Eating, drinking, buying, selling, planning, and building. We are not going to live in the last days in a bunkered, canned, good, hole-in-the-ground mentality, people. The church is going to surge. The church is going to do all it can. We're going to preach the message of Jesus. We're going to call people from sin and unrighteousness unto God. Can the church say yes? Can the church say yes? And so we must commit. We must build. We must get married. Somebody say yes. Until the moment Jesus comes. That kind of thinking is not popular, but it's eternally important. And so I'm so proud of the sacrifice. I'm proud for the church leaning in. I'm proud for the church putting their attention on what matters. I'm proud for the, sacri the sacrifice you're making for our city and for the lost. So there's three fights that Shammah was up against here, and I want to share these three fights with you, and then I'll be done. Are you ready? The first thing Shammah was fighting for was this. He was fighting for now. He was fighting for now. He was fighting for the land. He was fighting for the beans. When everybody uh, got scared and ran off, he had the right vision, the right perspective. He read through the lens of not what was popular, but what was eternally important. He said, I'm either going to have to fight now in this field or I'm going to have to fight them in my front yard. I'd rather fight in this field today than fight them in my front yard. We're fighting for separation from the enemy, okay? Like we fight in the field so we don't have to fight in our homes. Shama had that right vision. See, those people thought they would die if they stayed. But, but, but truthfully, 
They were going to die if they didn't have a vision for where they were at right now. Church, don't think vision is afar off. Vision is right here, right now for today. The Bible says, without a vision, the people perish, present tense, which means that if we don't have a vision for today, it won't just cost us today, it'll cost us our tomorrow and our today. Because we'll perish without a vision. And so it's tempting to think that lack of vision won't cost us today, but it will. And so without vision, you stop going after God. Vision keeps you moving in the right direction. Vision gives you godly priorities that say, my God, his name, his word, my wife, what he's called me to, that matters and everything else is secondary. Amen. Come on, somebody. You're, don't, let, don't let hell lie to you that there's other things of equal importance to the, to the things that I just mentioned. Nothing is as important as what, to what God has called you to. I've told the men of the church this many times. I want to tell you again. If God's name is on it or your name is on it, you need to steward it for the glory of God. Come on. And so it's important to have right vision. And, and Jesus doesn't call us to prosper on our past. He calls us to have a future. Uh, Jesus starts talking about giving in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. But then, after he establishes that he's talking about giving, he says this. This is in um, verse 22 of Matthew 6. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, now he's talking about giving. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then what is supposed to be lighting you is darkness, how great that darkness. 24. And then he goes on to say, you have to have the right vision or you'll be dark. That's what he's saying there. You have to have the right vision about your money, about giving, or you'll be dark. 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and money. If your eye is bad, if your vision about giving is bad, your whole world goes dark. But generosity changes our vision and opens our eyes. And we're either going to live under the God of mammon that says there's never enough, I got to take care of mine, or live under the government of God that says my God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. I went old school 90s praise and worship, but um, I'm entitled to do that every once in a while. Come on. God is going to bless this church. God's going to choose vessels of honor to do it through. God is going to expand the message of his kingdom in this community. And here's the truth. I'm not going to be less for it. I'm going to be more for it. God is not the God of enough. He's the God of more than enough. And even when God's people sacrifice, they will never be left on the short end because when an offering leaves your hand, it does not leave your life. Somebody clap your hands to God this morning. God is a provider. God is generous. God is going to provide for his people because I believe greater things are still on the way. They're still to come. And this is God's thing. The enemy can look, but he cannot touch. The second perspective is we're fighting for more. God's not looking for people that are believing for less. God's looking for people that will believe him for more. Read the parable of the talents. 
over and over again. I preached it. Anybody at first at, at Courageous Nights last week, last month? Come on, Courageous Nights. I preached about the sin of safety and how that the man who had one talent and buried it in the ground was cast into utter darkness because he did not invest and try to make more of what God gave him. Anybody remember that? Understand something. There is sin in safety. When we say God's blessing is just for me to preserve, we are sinning. The parable of the talents teaches us that. But it was the little boy who gave the five loaves and gave the fishes and God broke it, blessed it, multiplied it and fed the multitudes. That is what God does. And giving makes your worship sincere. Giving activates your faith to believe God for greater things. Somebody say amen. And so the Bible says that Shammah fought, but the Lord worked out the victory. We serve and we sacrifice and we believe that more is possible for people, that more salvations are possible, that more miracles are on the way, that there's more provision from God, that there's more revival in the hearts of his people, that there's more growth for the kingdom of God, more souls that will leave the, 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 the <laughs> that there, there's more opportunities to plunder hell and populate heaven. We believe that and there's no apologies for it because that's the heart of God for this world. The third fight is this. We're fighting for what's next. We're fighting for what's next. You see, he realized, I'm not fighting for the beans I see. I'm fighting for the multiplied bean harvest that's gonna take place over the years to follow. The next generations of harvest are at stake. People, our church is 32% children and youth. I've only heard of one church that had more, and it was some kind of anomaly. They were 80% kids. It's, I don't understand what's going on there. Everybody must have drove 15 passenger vans. I don't, I, I, I don't even understand that. I, but, but, but that's super high because we have a future that we can't just sit around and say, well, look at our great future. We have to to show the next generation what it looks like to push. They have to experience the glory and majesty of God for themselves. We have to create the environment that allows them to lift up their hands and feel the presence of God and for their ears to hear the preached word of God to know that is right, that is trustworthy. I am committed to that for the future. Paul wrote this about, about giving. He said, 2 Corinthians 9, 13. As a result of your ministry of giving, is what he's talking about, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and all believers will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Christ. If we're unwilling to sacrifice for what we've devoted our lives to, how devoted are we? Let me say something. A building is not the goal. Souls are the goal. When the building is built, the work begins for the church. I'm not doing something to make my name great. I'm doing something to make the name of Jesus great. We give today not because we want our name to be remembered, but because we want the name of God to be remembered. I am doing this today so the church is so strong and that there's so much inertia for God's church that the city is changed. We have Christmas Eve services, not because our team who comes to church all the time loves it, 
but because it represents Christianity to our community and people that never go to church any other time come and they feel the presence of God. We're doing that because we feel responsible to represent Christ to our community. We fight for the next season of faith in our city. The Bible says it this way in Matthew 6, 19. I referenced it earlier, but he was talking about this before he talked about the eye and serving two masters. He said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. We have a protected investment in eternity. Where are all my crypto boys at? How you doing? How you doing? You doing good? Maybe not. <laughs> but we have a protected investment in heaven. And what we're doing today when we give it is directly connected to eternity. We're storing up treasures in heaven. And there are two types of people in the world. There are people that are dreading the coming of the Lord and people that can't wait for Christ to return. The Bible says this in Revelation twenty-two twelve. He said, look, and I believe this more now than I've ever believed it. Look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. When Jesus returns, his return will bring a reward in his hand. And if you've never made a decision to trust God with all your life and heart, you need to do it because this message about vision, but Jesus is here today to save whoever will and give you abundant and eternal life. He'll do it. He's been doing it. Today's October 29th, the day I told you that we would receive the greatest offering this church has ever received. I want to show you the building one more time that we're trying to build, that God will build for us if we'll trust him on the east side of our city. Some of the best acreage on the east side of our community, just south of Costco and Hickory Hills Golf Club. You see it, 7,000 square foot patio out front for all the things we want to do. Huge foyer, glass. When people drive by, they can see that there's life in the house. That glass, that, that, that light thing looks like an asterisk when you drive by it. Huge foyer where everybody will see each other. We have a, a Dream Team Central right there where our team will gather. Amazing kid space. We have a, an auditorium that's uh, bigger than the other two auditoriums. It'll seat just under 700 people. That's all that will fit on that property. You can see that all the things we don't have that we're trying to make work, we're building into this place so we have a place that works for the scale of ministry God's blessed us with. You can see that um, the coffee bar is going to be amazing, designed, and hopefully we'll outsell the south side on scones there. It's good to dream big. This is our kids' space. Um, we've designed it proportionately. It's, it'll take 40% of the attendance of our auditorium, which is great. We don't quite have that. And we always end up running out of a room here. This is our junior high kids space. Um, I'm sorry, this is what first through fifth. That is our junior high kids space. Those are the large rooms. We don't show you all the little rooms. It's going to be very prominent on the east side of our city. And many people, even though we have churches on the north side and on the south side, some people don't know we're there. And it's going to be hard to not see that church as a living billboard on the east side of our city, trafficked by so many people every day. We need, as a church, to stand and fight now. This is ours to build, and we can't offload the opportunity God's giving us by giving us this land. We can't offload the vision or the responsibility to the next generation. This is a generation. We are the people. 
we must sacrifice, we must build today for the future. 2 Samuel 23, 12. It says this about Shammah. He saw value in the beans that others didn't see. He stood and he fought. And it says in verse 12, he took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it. And he struck down the Philistines, but the Lord worked a great victory. I want you to know something. I've always said, and I want you to hear it very clear, not equal gifts, equal sacrifice. Because it wasn't his strength alone that brought the victory. He, the Bible says, defended it and struck down the Philistines, but ultimately the Lord worked the great victory. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.